Hey, this is Pastor Bob Stephen, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. Good morning. Good morning. You may be seated. I am so happy you guys are here this morning. And you know what? It's the last weekend of summer. Yay! Yay! I know it's not fall yet, okay, but at least we're not calling this summer anymore, right? Because it has been so hot. Oh, my goodness. It has been 100 degrees like every day since, I don't know, May. So the summer has come to an end. And yes, that's worth clapping for around here. But speaking of endings, you know, lately I've heard a lot of chatter about the end times. You know, most of it's just, you know, random people on social media, but there are some pastors that I follow that actually have been talking about it quite a bit lately. And, you know, some people do believe that we are in, in the end times. Maybe we are. I don't know. There's a scripture in Revelation that says some of the signs that are going to accompany the final judgment. And it does appear that some of those things are happening right now. But in Matthew 24, 36, Jesus was very clear. And he said, nobody knows when the end is here. Only God. Jesus doesn't even know. Only God knows. So I didn't come here today to give you some dissertation on eschatology. But what I did come today is to pose a question to you. And this question has been on my mind a lot lately. Are we in the end times? Or is this just the times we're in? Let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for who you are. You are mighty and you are mighty to save. God, you always have whatever we need. And we just thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for bringing us here today into your house You called us to worship, and we answered. So, Father, I pray that you just honor our obedience, Father, as we honor you. And, God, I pray that this word today that comes out of my mouth will be straight from you. I surrender my mind, my will, my vocal cords, the breath in my lungs. I surrender every part of me, Lord, to you. Have your way, heavenly, holy Father, and speak through me. Push me out of the way. This is all about you. And God, I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth will be edifying to the hearer, that will be only from you. And God, if there's anything that I say that is not from you, Let it blow away like chaff in the wind. And what you want to stick, Lord, let it stick. Stick down deep in our hearts and change every single one of us from the inside out for your glory. In the name above all names, in the name of Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, we pray. Amen. Amen. So if you brought your Bibles today, which I hope you did bring your Bibles, unless, of course, you've got it memorized. So if you don't have it memorized, I hope you brought your Bibles. Open it up to Jeremiah chapter 29. Now, Jeremiah is an Old Testament book. It's after Psalms, right after Isaiah. We're going to go to chapter 29. You know what? Let, let Let me just talk about a paper Bible real quick. You need a paper Bible. Okay, if there's anything that we learned from the worship night last week was that we can't always depend on technology, right? You need a paper Bible. Because whenever the zombie apocalypse or whatever, whatever happens, in the end, 
If you don't have electricity, you got a paper Bible, you can still get in the Word of God. Get you a paper Bible. So are y'all there yet? I waste enough time to get y'all there yet? Jeremiah chapter 29, we're going to start in verse 4. And it says, The Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, sends this message to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Okay, so there's this remnant, right? There's this remnant of God's people, the Israelites, and they had been exiled to Babylon. Now, Babylon was a very demonic place. It was filled with people who, they didn't believe in God. They worshipped all these pagan gods, and they were into all kinds of bad stuff, y'all. I mean, all kinds of debauchery and, and sin and just bad stuff. And so God sent Jeremiah to encourage them. So let's look at verse 5. Build homes... And plan to stay. He said plan to stay. Y'all going to be here a while. Plan to stay. Plant vineyards. Well, you don't plant vineyards unless you're going to be around for the harvest, right? God said plant vineyards because you will be there many years. Marry and have children and then find mates for them and have grandchildren. Multiply. Don't dwindle. And work for the peace and prosperity of Babylon. Pray for her. And if Babylon has peace, so will you. The Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says, don't let the false prophets and mediums who are among you fool you. God is telling them, don't get involved in that stuff they're doing. All that card reading, sage burning, mysticism, whatever it was they were all off into. God was saying, don't mess with that foolishness. He said, don't listen to the dreams that they invent, for they prophesy lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. The truth is this. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. Okay, y'all. 70 years is over three generations. That's a long time. But God wanted them to understand, look, you're going to have to live your lives because you're going to be here for a while. But then God said, I will come and I will do for you all the good things I have promised and bring you home again. And this is everybody's favorite verse. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. You will find me when you seek me. If you look for me in earnest. In other words, if you look for me with your whole heart, God knew his people were in the middle of a mess. There's nothing God doesn't know. Y'all know that, right? So he knew what his people were dealing with. He knew that they were involved. Those Babylonians were into some nasty, messy stuff. You know, even, get this, even the gate to the city of Babylon was called the Ishtar Gate. Do you know that there's a spirit of Ishtar that has invaded our nation right now? It's a spirit of perversion, debauchery, lust, war, division. God's people had to walk through the Ishtar gate going in and out of the city every day. Can you imagine? But look, God knew all this. So he sent Jeremiah to encourage his people and to remind them that he knew what they were facing. And he was going to take care of them. His plans for their lives were still good despite everything going on around them. And God wanted his people to pray for the unbelievers, the Babylonians, and also for the leaders of the place they were in. 
Friends, God's telling us the same thing today. The nation we live in, it sounds a lot like Babylon to me. Think about it. There's some stores out there selling all kinds of demonic stuff for children. For children. If you watch the Grammys this year, you literally saw a satanic ritual play out on national TV. There are Christian business owners that are being terrorized and penalized and sued for not compromising their faith. But at the same time, you got people looting and stealing and tearing up stuff, destroying property, hijacking innocent people. They're just going about their daily lives and nobody seems to be doing anything about it. They get away with it. Sounds like Babylon to me. But it's all the more reason why. We, as Christians, if you're a believer in Jesus, a follower of Christ, you have to stay focused on God. We got to live our lives, y'all, just like what John 15, 19 says. If you're a follower of Christ, we got to live our lives like we believe, John 15, 19. It says we are in this world, but we're not of this world. We are not of this world. We may be living here. This is just our address right now. But this is not our world. We just live here. So we can't just go along with what everybody else is doing. We have to stay focused on God because because this world needs what we have. They need what you have. If you're a follower of Jesus, they need what you've got. You've got Jesus. The answer to evil in this world is Jesus. That's it. You can't vote evil away, but you can pray it away. How about this? Instead of focusing on all the horrible things going on around us, God is calling us to do something about it. Do something about it. And in these verses, Jeremiah tells us what that looks like. We stay focused on God and we live the gospel out loud. We're not just going to talk about it. We're going to be about it. We don't compromise what we believe in. We live in peace and we pray for those around us and for our leaders. Let me tell you something. As a follower of Christ, at some point in your life, you are going to be met with pushback. Jesus said it in John 16, 22. He said, in this world, you're going to face some tribulation. Pushback. Somewhere, somebody is going to question your faith. Maybe they'll call you a hypocrite. I've heard this so many times. I don't go to church. The church is full of hypocrites. Mm -hmm, That's where we need to be. You're a hypocrite. Maybe they're going to call you a hypocrite. Or maybe they'll question God and tell you he's not real. That's not real. The Bible's not real. It's just a fairy tale. Really? Or they may require you to follow some ordinance or law and make you go along with it. Pushback, whatever it looks like. If you're a follower of Christ, you're going to meet opposition because of him. And when that happens, I want you to remember this. Opposition is an opportunity. Don't see it as an obstacle. See opposition as an opportunity, y'all. Remember, God told the Israelites they were going to be there 70 years. One way to look at that and think is what? What? I got to put up with this stuff for 70 more years. Are you serious? Another way to look at it is to say, okay, 
70 years is going to give me a little bit more time to get as much people as I can to know about Jesus. Opposition is an opportunity. Jeremiah was telling them not to despise the opposition, but to see it as an opportunity to prosper. Prosper. What a testament to the faithfulness and the goodness of God when his kids are prospering despite all the mess around us and even when people want us to fail. And you know what? Jeremiah wasn't telling God's people this just so their own lives would be better. No, it's bigger than that. Look at verse 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. God sent Jeremiah to get them to focus on the big picture. And you know what? He wants us to know that he has plans for every human being. God has plans for everybody, not just the Christians. Everybody. He created humans in his image with a plan and a purpose. And each one is unique to the person he created. Even the unsaved people. You weren't born saved. If you're a Christian, you weren't born saved. You were not born saved. Remember that. Don't forget that. And you know what? God's plans for humankind start with salvation. And that's why we as Christians, we have to stay focused on God. When we keep praying, keep reading his word, and then when we actually do what his word says to do, especially in the middle of a mess, sometimes... We need some influence. And if we're going to reach anybody for Jesus, that's what we got to do. It's so important to live the gospel out loud, to live according to what we say we believe. Because look at this. If you're a Christian and you're trying to reach your unsaved friends for Jesus, but yet you're out there doing the same things they're doing. Do you think they're really going to listen to you? I'm talking to myself too, y'all. Because a follower of Jesus should reflect that we're followers of Jesus in how we live our lives. Because you know what? If you're a Christian, you're not the same person you used to be. You're not the same person. When you give your life to Jesus, there's an exchange that takes place, y'all. The person you used to be, bye. It's gone. That's the point. Jesus makes you new. He doesn't do a 2.0, a revised, a revision, an update. No, the old is gone. He makes you brand new. The old you is exchanged for the new you in Christ. And as you continue to follow Jesus, then your entire life is going to start looking different. It's because you don't think the same way. You don't do things the way you used to do them. And you know what? So what if it takes a while? This is a fake walk. It's not a faith run marathon. It's a faith walk. It's a journey. And none of us are going to be there till the other side. Let me just tell you that right now. Not any of us, not me, not Pastor Bob, not nobody who's a believer is going to be totally there until we get to the other side. We have something to do here. And when you start following Jesus, you start to see things different because you see things through his eyes. And people are going to notice the change. They're going to see that you really are 
what you say you are and you really believe what you say you believe. It's called authentic. You're being authentic. And authenticity, authenticity, sorry, authenticity, that's a $5 word. Somebody give me a tip. Authenticity leads to trust and trust leads to influence. Influence opens the door for a conversation about Jesus. So we got to stay focused on God, live the gospel out loud, no matter what's going on around us. And then we don't compromise what we believe in. As followers of Christ, we do not, we do not compromise what we believe in. You know, have you ever been at the beach and you know, you're trying to swim and before you know it, you're like way over here. You start over here and you're way over there. It's because you got caught up in the current. So in order to avoid that, you have to swim against it. Y'all ever heard of the salmon fish? I don't eat them. I don't even know how to pronounce it right. I say salmon because I'm from East Texas, but it's salmon. Salmon. Did you know that salmon swim upstream to lay their eggs? Do you know why they do this? They do it even though it's a very hard journey for them and it's dangerous. They do it because upstream against the grain is where the eggs have the greatest ability to hatch, to live. Some of us need to be salmons. If you're a Christian, there's going to be times that you're going to have to swim upstream. You're going to have to go to the higher places. It's going to be hard. And you're not going to fit in, y'all. Don't be surprised, but don't compromise. Because with God, you have the greatest chance for survival. You're going to live. You're going to thrive. God's going to take care of you. He will take care of you. And you know what else? He gives you the Holy Spirit to guide you, to lead you, and to protect you. But not only that, the Holy Spirit gives you power and courage and strength to fight back against evil. To stand strong and to lead others to Jesus. Twice in John chapter 16, Jesus warned us it's not going to be easy. But he also said it's going to be worth it. Jesus is saying, hey, man, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when you get some pushback. It's going to happen, but I got you. I've got you. When you face adversity in life, God is with you. And not only is he with you, he's actually behind the scenes lining things up in your favor. I mean, come on, man. He brought you here. This is a beautiful church. You don't even know it. I've heard this so many times. People drive up and they're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know this was here. You just see industrial stuff. He brought you to a beautiful oasis, a beautiful church filled with people who are going to come alongside you in this journey. They're here for you. We're just regular people up in here. And you know what? When you're going through something, I can promise you right now, there is somebody in this church that's either going through the same thing you are or... They're on the other side of it, and they can help you navigate through it well. God is ordering your steps if you're a follower of Christ, and he never leaves you. You know, Psalm 139 says that there is nowhere, not even hell, that we can go that God is not with us. Now, you may not see him, but he sees you, and he knows what you're going through. 
He knows what you need, and he's going to send somebody to love you, to encourage you, and to bring you what you need. No matter what you're dealing with, God is with you, giving you everything you need to overcome. And also, God is giving you grace. And when you have all of that, you don't need to compromise. You do not need to compromise. You know, I know maybe, maybe you're working in a difficult environment and people all around you are, are cutting corners, trash talking, doing all kinds of silly stuff, backstabbing, gossiping. Don't let the enemy suck you into that mess. Stand your ground. Stay true to your beliefs because God is covering you. You ain't got to be ugly to him. Just don't get involved in that. Walk away is real good. Walk away. See y'all later. And if people treat you some kind of weird way because you're a follower of Jesus, stand your ground. You know, I used to work in a hospital in the Texas Medical Center in Houston, and I'm going to promise you right now, it was not Christian friendly. People used to mess with me all the time. I would have Casting Crowns music playing at my desk, and they'd come in there and say, oh, she's a Jesus freak. You think I let that mess me up? No. It's a follower of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. If you don't like it, okay, you go do you. Friends, let, the, let them look at you side-eyed. Let them make fun of you. Let them joke on you. Don't even bat an eye at it. You don't have to defend yourself. God fights your battles. We're living in an evil world, but why are we surprised? Doesn't 2 Corinthians 4, 4 say that Satan is the God of this world? That's what it says. So why would we think it's going to be nice? That's why it's evil. The devil's running the show down here, but his time is limited. That's right. Don't be caught off guard by evil. And don't you compromise. You don't have to compromise. So what if a small minority is pushing a demonic twisted agenda, stand firm, push back. Don't go along with that garbage. The fact is you need to stand against it. If we don't stand against it, who will you have to stand against it? We can't go along with that because if you're going along with it, you're tolerating might as well accept it. You have to stand against it. And that's not anarchy. That's biblical. We are to submit. Hear me, please, y'all. Hear me on this. We are to submit to the ruling authority. But we aren't supposed to obey laws that contradict God's laws. Y'all need to know submission and obedience, they're not the same. They're not the same. And it's time for us Christians to act like we really believe what we say we believe. There is too much at stake for us not to. We've got a job to do. We have a God-given purpose. Matthew 28 is our purpose. And you know what? We're not alone. We're not alone in that purpose. We have all we need to accomplish every single thing that God has called us to do. Because Jesus said right there, I'm with you. Even to the very end, I am with you. Friends, y'all going to have to get comfortable drawing some lines in the sand. We got to get comfortable drawing lines in the sand because we're on a mission. You know, there was a movie back in the 80s. I just watched it the other night. I told Pastor Bob, put that movie on. He's like, what? It's from the 80s, and it was called The Blues Brothers. 
And it was Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi, and they were blues singers, and they had a band. And the band was the Blues Brothers. Well, there was this Catholic orphanage that they used to live in, and they needed money. And so Jake and Elwood (laughs) decided they were going to go out and try to get some playing gigs to raise money for the orphanage. So the whole time they're out driving around, all this mess is happening. They kept saying, we're on a mission from God. Well, guess what? Christians, we are on a mission from God. We are on a mission from God. We have a mission to lead others to Jesus. So we can't compromise our faith or, or try to change God's word to make it fit in with the culture we live in. You know what I mean? To be less offensive. Look, God's word is only offensive to the people who don't want to believe and receive it. For those who don't want to believe and repent. So we've been trying to change it, water it down, make it less offensive, try to keep from offending people. And you know what? In doing that, I believe that the church has lost a reverential fear of God. And I don't think it was intentional. I think it was just a slippery slope we got on when we were trying to be relevant to the culture we live in. You know, when I was growing up, it was this turn or burn, get left or get, get right or get left. That was the message. That was the message we heard. And so the last couple of generations, they've gone a totally different direction. And I'm not, I'm not talking about any kind of, I'm not trying to be funny and talk about different generations. I'm just saying as a whole, the church has decided that didn't work. So we're going to go in this other direction. And somewhere y'all, somewhere along the line, people started thinking Jesus is your homie. Jesus is not your homie. He's God. He's holy. We need to have an honor because he's God. He's the creator of the universe. He is holy. His word is holy. It's infallible. It is the truth. Yes, God loves everybody. Absolutely. Yes, he has mercy and grace and forgiveness to anyone who repents and puts their faith in him. But the fact is, you got to repent. Because you know why? A holy God will not abide in a sinful man. We got to be real careful that we're not making the gospel sound like a TED talk. Instead of the life-saving, life-changing message of Jesus Christ that it is. Come on, somebody. We can't compromise. We can't compromise if we are followers of Jesus. We have to stand on the inerrant word of God in everything we say and do. There's no room for compromise. We need influence to be able to reach some people for Jesus. So we have to make sure that our actions line up with our words. Because here's the deal. You're going to either be a good influence or a bad influence. There's no neutral influence because that's no influence. When others oppose you or your beliefs about God, when they try to tell us our way of living is pointless or worse, it's offensive, we have to get real comfortable reminding ourselves, okay, 
I'm still not going to compromise who I am because I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And you know, standing in the face of opposition, that takes strength. And that's why we got to remind ourselves sometime of whose we are. Remember, we're supposed to thrive. God said, multiply, don't dwindle, thrive in the middle of opposition. And there's two things we're going to need to do that. That's courage and love. Deuteronomy 31.16 says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Remember that, y'all. Believe that. Walk boldly, knowing that if God is with you, who dare be against you? You got you to get that down inside. God is with me. How dare you be against me? Don't fear. Don't dread. Just know. Know whose you are and believe what his word says about you. I'm with you. Be strong. Be courageous. Do y'all remember the story of Balaam and the donkey? Okay, Balaam was this magician, and he was trying to curse God's people for his own personal gain, right? They were going to give him some money if he cursed God's people. And God warned him, tried to do all these things to get him to stop. And finally got to the point where God told the donkey, turn around and tell this boy. God used a donkey to tell Balaam, you better get it right. You better shut this down. Because God had already told him, nobody can curse what I have blessed. And Balaam didn't believe it, so God handled the business. You don't have to worry about consequences and repercussions when you're doing what God told you to do. He's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you. Be strong, be courageous, and just love people. Just love people. We don't hate people that are different from us. There's too much of that mess going on. That's the problem. We don't hate people that are different from us. We don't hate people that don't agree with us. We love people. The message of Jesus Christ is love. It's love. The apostle Paul told us in Romans 13, 8, all we owe anybody is love. That's it. You don't owe anybody anything but love. You don't owe anybody compromise. Look, y'all, if you're a follower of Christ... Your job is not to be a thermometer. We're thermostats. We change the temperature in the room when we walk in. And it's not because of who we are. It's because of whose we are. We change the atmosphere because the Holy Spirit is with us. And he goes everywhere we go. So... With that in mind, if you're somewhere and people are talking negative, being all salty, gossiping, doing all that, come in there and change that atmosphere. Bring the good news of Jesus Christ. Bring the saving grace, the unending love, the mercy, the faithfulness of God. Bring that into the conversation. Maybe you're an introvert. I'm an introvert. I get it. Maybe you don't want to talk. You don't have to. You don't have to say a word. Just live your life out loud. Live the gospel of Jesus Christ out loud in front of people all the time. That's all you got to do. People would rather see a sermon than hear one anyway. Don't compromise your faith to fit in. Just love people and be the hands and feet of Jesus whenever you get a chance. And the last thing I want to share with you is that as followers of Jesus... We live in peace 
And we pray for those around us and our leaders. God said, pray for Babylon and pray for the leaders. So how do you live in peace in the middle of a messed up world? Philippians chapter four tells us how it says, do not be anxious about anything, anything as in no thing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You don't have to fear. No, you have nothing to fear. You pray, pray. And when you're praying, you make sure that you're thanking God. You're thanking God for who he is. First and foremost, who he is. And for what he's already done in your life. And when you do that, the peace of God. Now it's God's peace. The peace of God that transcends all understanding means we can't even fathom the peace of God. That peace will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now I want you to pay attention to that word guard. It doesn't say it'll cover. It says guard. And the Greek translation of that word is phreo, phreo. And it's actually a military term, y'all. It's a military term. It means to watch out for, to mount guard like a sentinel would do with the purpose of hemming in and protecting. God's peace is different. It's different. But it's exactly what we need in a troubling world or a troubling situation. Because God's peace protects. It protects your mind from getting all worked up. It doesn't just settle you down after you already worked up. No, 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 no. It prevents you from getting messed up in your head in the first place. Did you hear what I said? I'm going to say it again. God's peace prevents us from getting jacked up in our minds in the first place. It protects us. When you let God's peace guard your heart and your mind, you don't get messed up. Because you know that he's with you. He's going to protect you. He goes before you, surrounds you like a shield. He's opening doors and windows that ain't no man going to be able to shut. He's he's not going to drop you. God will not drop you. And he's not going to let this world mess you up or take you out. No, 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 no. That is not who God is. Not when you're depending on him. That's not how he works, y'all. People, we got to pray. Pray, pray, pray. You know, I used to have a great Aunt Ellen. Actually, we called her Aunt Ellen. I don't know if that's a Southeast Texas thing or what, but we called her Aunt Ellen. I don't know why we did that. But my Aunt Ellen was a prayer warrior. I want you to know she was mentally challenged. She was, um, she only had like a sixth grade level of reading and she didn't really go to formal school. She was mentally challenged, but I'm telling you right now, when she was on her knees in that throne room with God, she was powerful. She was mighty. And you know, my mom used to tell me how Aunt Ellen prayed for her and her sister and her brother. And then she prayed for me and my brother. Lord knows she did some praying for us. And then she prayed for our children. Y'all, that's a legacy prayer warrior. A legacy generational prayer warrior. We got to be Aunt Ellen's. We can't be dependent on grandma or auntie's prayers no more. Some of us, our grandmas and aunties are gone. They're already at the feet of Jesus. We got to become prayer warriors because prayer moves the hands of God. First Thessalonians 5:17 this is going to be a new memory verse. Three words. 
pray without ceasing. That's it. We need to be praying all the time. And you want to know why? Because prayer is powerful, powerful. It is one of our biggest weapons against the lies of the enemy and against the evil in this world. But not only that, prayer protects you. It protects you. Look back at Jeremiah 29, 7. Jeremiah told the Israelites to pray. And he also said, because if there's peace where you are, if the Babylonians have peace, then you're going to have peace too. We got to pray y'all because we need God's protective hand of favor so that we can flourish in the world we're living in. We're not supposed to be just surviving. That's not what he said. He said, thrive, multiply, don't dwindle. So we have to stay focused on God. We can't compromise our faith and we got to pray. We got to pray for this world. You know, the other day I was, I was in my time with God and, you know, I'd been praying for, for changing this and changing that. And God says, you need to pray for this nation. You're praying for people. That's cool. Pray for your country. Pray for this world. Pray for the lost. That's what we have to pray for. And we got to pray for each other. We can never discount the power of prayer, y'all. And, you know, I think we do that sometimes. And I think we do it because God doesn't answer our prayers the way we want them to be answered. So we think, well, he just didn't hear me. He didn't listen to me. Or we don't get the results we want. But you know what? That's just the devil lying to you. Telling you don't bother to pray. You know why? Because he knows what I just told you. Prayer is powerful. He doesn't want you praying. No, he does not want you praying. Did you hear me? The devil does not want you praying. That's why he's messing with you. Ton. That doesn't work. Don't worry about it. You prayed last week. You're good. No, pray without ceasing. That's what I just read. That's the word of God. It says pray without ceasing all the time. Pray. And you know what? It doesn't have to be some long, verbose, theological sounding fancy prayer. Just say, oh my God, I need you. I need you now. You are the same God. I need you now. And I think we don't do that. Like I said, because he doesn't answer the way we want. But let me tell you something. All throughout scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, God is clear. I will hear your prayers. I will answer your prayers and I'll even show you things that you don't even know about because you prayed. And you know what? God also tells us that his ways are higher than our ways. So I need you to remember that just because God doesn't answer your prayers the way you want him to, that doesn't mean he didn't answer the prayer. He just does it his way. I'm going to testify to you right now. His way is way better than our way. Yeah, we live in troubling times. It's nothing new. It's new to us. We live in a troubled world and in troubling times. But I want to encourage you, stay in the fight. If you're a follower of Christ... Things are going to get better for us. They are going to get better. You know, if you're a Christian, you're a true follower of Christ, this world we live in, it's the closest to hell we're ever going to see. Where we're at right now.
is the closest to hell we're ever going to see. What we're dealing with, bad as it's going to get. But if you're not a follower of Christ, this right now is as close to heaven as you're ever going to get. Think think about that. Let it sink in, y'all. Jesus didn't suffer on that cross so we could have a nice, comfortable life. Yes, he blesses his people. Yes, God will make sure that we have everything we need. Matter of fact, his word says that it's his good pleasure to give us an abundance of blessings. But make no mistake. Make no mistake. Without Jesus, we would be drowning. We would be drowning in sin and pain and trauma. And that would last forever. Forever. And that's why believers must live with eternity in mind. We must keep focused on God and live with eternity in mind because there are people all around us who are drowning. And God rescued you, Christian, so that you would be able to help them get to him so he can save them too. Man, we got to fervently, fervently seek the lost. We got to boldly share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We got to stand on our faith and our beliefs. We cannot compromise. I don't care how much the heat is turned up. Even if they won't listen to you, don't stop living for God and don't stop spreading the good news of Jesus Christ because the reward is coming, y'all. God said, I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised and bring you home. We live in a hard world right now, but we have a promise from God. He will fulfill his promises and he will bring his people home again. Let me pray for us. Just bow your heads, please. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that he came to set us free from fear, from torment, from pain, from all the trauma, Lord, the things that have been binding our minds. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the freedom he gives us. And Lord, I just pray you forgive us when we get off course. Forgive your children when we get off course, when we forget, when we don't always live the way you've called us to live. God, direct us back. Woo us back and get us back in line, Lord, and help us remember your holiness. Help us have a reverential fear for you, Lord. Help us remember that you are holy and that your word is holy. And Father, help us walk in your love, God. We love you so much, Lord. We just thank you. We thank you for who you are. Thank you, Lord.